Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. From Geppetto Studios in New Freedom, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, your home for inclusive, positive geek culture, where we talk about movies, comics, music, books, and whatever else we feel like. Please welcome your host, so I should shut up and just be okay, Brad Mendenhall. Hey kids, it is a ghostly episode of the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Producer and good friend of the show, Ray Esposito, returns. Really, we don't have anything special to talk about. I just like Ray a lot and asked him to come back. Anywho, I bet Katie May has a question for me. Not here to start trouble. She has got to know. After delays due to COVID, Disney has announced they will be releasing Mulan to Disney Plus subscribers for $29.99. What route do you think the following films should take? Black Widow, New Mutants, Top Gun Maverick, Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, that's really a very good question. It's one that I've been thinking about. I think... New Mutants needs to go to streaming. Honestly, I think New Mutants should have gone to streaming before COVID. I think it's been delayed so many times. From what I've seen of previews, um, it doesn't look like a movie that needs um, to be... I think it's a movie that would benefit from sort of being on the small screen and requiring less of a commitment. It's not a like a... a it, it doesn't have a blockbuster feel, and I think it's something that would, uh, get, I think, it'd find the right audience being um, being on Hulu or Disney streaming. I think Hulu would probably be best of it. And then I think they could even uh, maybe go with more of an R-rated feel uh, that way. And I think because it has the uh, – it sort of has horror movie vibe to it, that would be really very good f- for it. Um so I think it should just go to, just go straight to Hulu. Black Widow, I think, would benefit from more of a Mulan treatment, where put it on Disney Plus, but uh, have I mean right, what they're doing with Mulan, and I know it's been somewhat controversial, but they're releasing it on to Disney Plus, but you have to pay thirty bucks to see it. I think that's probably the way to go with Black Widow because it's a very expensive movie. And it's a buzzy movie, and I think releasing it onto Disney Plus um, and then p- charging a premium for it would be a way to make the money back and also make it more of an event. Um, so I think that's what they should do because right now 
constantly pushing movies back is pushing back the entire MCU. And I, I wonder how much longer Marvel's going to want to uh, do that. Uh, what was the other one? Was um, Top Gun Maverick? I think that should just. I think they should delay that until it can be seen in theaters. I'm pretty indifferent to the top, the first Top Gun movie. It was a very, it was a movie that people were outrageously excited for when it came out. It made Tom Cruise a star. I mean, before Top Gun, Tom Cruise did risk his big movie. Before that was Risky Business, but Top Gun made him a superstar. I mean, that was a huge movie. Um, although I'm not very interested in it uh, personally, I think a film like that with the big um, uh, dog, uh, Jets dogfighting really should be seen. Uh, heck, that's one that you should, probably should be seen on uh, IMAX. Uh, what was the... <laughs> now i got to go back and figure out what the first one is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, the last one was Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, that's another that I think... Delay it until it can be properly released in theaters. It's, uh, I think the ads look good. I've heard a little bit of, um, uh, I, I've heard a little bit of how they're planning to bring Chris Pine back for that movie, despite the fact that he died in World War One. And I think is, it does as good a job as you can do with that sort of foolishness of bringing back a dead character. Um, and you know the. the the DC Extended Universe is not nearly like the Marvel uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not like Wonder Woman not coming out until until March 2021 is going to affect all these other DC movies. So wait until it's ready to come out. Uh, I, I think that's going to be one that should be shown in theaters. And I don't think... Um, and DC doesn't have a streaming service nearly as impressive as Disney. So if you don't release it in theaters, I think people are, people aren't going to have uh, as good a way to see it, and uh, I, so I think you should wait on that. Uh, thanks, Kitty. That is a fantastic question. There just hasn't been anything like this in our lifetime. The closest thing, and it was a little bit before I was born, or maybe I was like an infant, the gas crisis in the 70s, which is very different, but it was a thing where people had to be so careful about when you could only go and get gas on certain number of days, depending on your license plate number, and cars were gas guzzlers then, so an extra trip to the store or a Sunday drive could be enough to, oh, you're you're just stuck and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. No, I know. It's, it's um, I don't know. I don't know how this is all going <laughs> to turn out but we're just we, we, all we can do is just be smart and look out for other people you know like look out for ourselves but also it's like if i were out i would want other people to wear their masks to protect us and to protect themselves so it's like just gotta look out for yourself and and other people at a gas station a couple guys that walked in without wearing masks and you could tell they were not wearing masks because they wanted to have a confrontation they wanted to be able to yell at the poor 17-year-old kid, the 95-pound girl behind the counter, who all she wants to do is get through her day. Yeah. Come on, guys. I, I get it. I get that you don't want to wear the mask, but you're going into a quickie mart. It's going to take you 45 seconds to grab your can of skull 
and be on your way, but you have to make a statement about it. Right. That's, and I feel like that they've turned this whole thing political, which is unfortunate. It's, it's, it's a lot, but what can you do? Just wear your masks and be smart. You're getting hit by all directions because man, you were looking forward to that Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. I mean, we were very much looking forward to that, but I understand as to why it had to be moved. I posted up a poll on my thing, like saying like, would you watch it if it just came out at home? And it was pretty mixed. Like I would watch it if it came out at home. That's just me. And I think that COVID's really going to shape how movies are released now. There's so many things to it now that are changing how movies are going to come out. Uh, There's so many different nuances and little things they have to change for a movie to come out in a theater. Like they haven't even opened the theaters yet. It's going to be, it's going to be a mess. So I was really looking forward to it, but I understand why they had to move it. Not that long ago, they announced that Disney Plus is going to release Mulan, but you don't just turn on Disney Plus on a certain day and there's Mulan. You have you have to have Disney Plus and then you pay 30 bucks on top of that. But then how much do you pay when you go to a, a movie for candy in the movie and snacks and soda? You're paying like $50. So do you pay $30? They said you own the movie after you pay the $30 is what they said. So is it like worth it? Like it's for us, we did the trolls thing when trolls came out. It made sense to us with our kids. We'd been in the pandemic, and we were like, "This makes a hundred percent sense to like get trolls for the kids and do a movie night." And it worked out great. It's just it's crazy. Like Disney dropping a huge, hundred million dollar plus movie on the Disney Plus. It's it's changing. It's going to change the game. I think it's a pretty good move. And, and I was asked not that long ago by uh, our friend uh, Katie May. And she basically listed four movies. And she said, you know, do you think, which of these do you think should do that direct to on demand? And she said, um, Black Widow, Wonder Woman, and uh, I forget the other two. And of course, I'm blanking on the other two. Black Widow, but it's funny, but those two movies specifically, Black Widow, I think that works doing this a Mulan thing, especially because I don't think you can just push that back. Oh, Top Gun was another one. Top Gun, right. Black Widow... Because it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and because these movies have such a sort of rigid release schedule and because Disney Plus is such a great venue to release these movies onto, like everybody has Disney Plus. Well, most people do. I mean, we love Disney Plus here. We pretty much on it every day. It's quickly supplanted uh, Hulu and Netflix as the streaming service we watch most. So I think if you put that on Disney Plus... Everybody chips in 20, 30 bucks and you watch it as a family you know, or heck, invite your buddies over. I mean, Disney's getting killed right now, too. They're they're losing billions of dollars. Like theme park is closing. Their movies aren't coming out. And they just invested like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into the infrastructure of their parks to add Star Wars land into their movies, into Marvel land, whatever that's going to be. And now they're like, hey, we just lost like. Seven billion dollars. Could you buy Mulan for thirty dollars? Like they have to think of other things to do because something like that—that's that's a that's a huge tough thing. So I, I'm very interested to see how that's all going to play out. I think it would work for Black Widow. I don't think it would work for Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman—you just wait until there's a time you can release it in a theater. Wonder Woman is a big, big DC's really banking on that because they lost a lot of money with Justice League, and I know Aquaman did pretty good financially, hit a billion dollars, but. Wonder Woman, they're, I mean, they're banking on that, like, and they should be hardcore to be a huge movie. So I'm of the mind, like, I would rather see Wonder Woman in a theater, even if it's a year out. 
but it's like Ghostbusters, like I would watch that today if it came out. Like just because I just want to see the movie. Everybody's like, I need the big screen. I need this. No, no, no. I just want to watch the movie. I don't, I don't care how I watch it. If it's on my phone, if it's on the TV, I just want to see it. That's what the debate that they're going to have for a, a while is like, is it worth it to do that for people to see it? Do you whack them 30 bucks or do you wait till the movies are safe? I think they're going to switch Ghostbusters and have it come out on streaming if it's not good by like January or something. What streaming service would they use? Right. Well, because that's Sony. Sony doesn't have a streaming service yet. I think they would just release it to Apple TV or something, something like that. I know they did that with uh, the Tom Hanks movie, Greyhound. Greyhound. Yeah, Greyhound. Apple. Apple scooped that that project up. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Nobody knows. We're in a learning group. We've never been here before. And I do think that would work because from what, what we've seen, don't get me wrong, there's a little bit of, there's obviously going to be some special effects, but it doesn't strike me as a big spectacle movie. It, it feels like sort of a small personal movie for a Ghostbusters film. Yeah, like I know more than I'm supposed to know, like too much about it. And it's pretty heavy on the practical effects. It's a big, it, they make it seem like it's small, but it's not. They've got like tons of stuff going on. So I think the first trailer was, a little bit deceiving because I think it's going to be a little bit bigger than people think, but I get what Jason Reitman is going for. And it is a smaller story, but I do think that it's going to be on a, a, a bigger scale. Like it, it, I think there's more to it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. company actually recently in January so old, any project that was in Old Lime is still going to be made through Old Lime or with that but really I started my own thing and I've been I can't talk about it on the air but when we get off I can tell you a couple of things I'm working on because we're like privately working on them we're not supposed to say we signed we signed NDAs so <laughs> about what we're working on but I could probably tell you so I'm working on a ton of different things that are different now and so yeah it's exciting to, to, to be doing something different not different but just new stuff what's the uh, share with everyone the name of the new production company it is called the oaks media group and it's named after my wife and children so it's the oaks media group so it's oliver archer calvin with a k samantha so that's oaks and then media group the m is for my daughter my new daughter mirabelle so it's uh like a play on their names and um, we're working on a couple documentaries right now. Uh, some, one of them about the COVID, the COVID nineteen. One of them uh, in restaurants. That's one that we've been working on with Iron Iron Chef Elizabeth Faulkner. We can talk about that one. That's a fun one. So yeah, so we got some like fun different stories we're working on that uh, that are like important stories to tell. 
Very cool. So the Oaks Media Group. Uh, do you have a? You know, let's get out here right away. Now, do you have a website or anything? Is social media set up for that? We have like a Instagram, but we're really just very maybe like two months start like started just starting out. I'm trying to take over things that were in Old Lime into Oaks Media Group. So I'm looking to do lots of different things. Maybe some theater stuff. Um, looking to get more into documentaries, um, some scripted projects. So, and during like now, especially with everything going on with COVID and uh, kind of the civil unrest of our country, it's an interesting time to be making media and it's hard. So we're trying to, we're, we're trying to do it and learn as we go. Cause there's a lot of things that are different and difficult now to do <laughs> certain rules you have to have on set. People are hiring COVID experts to be on set when they're filming scenes uh you need insurance certain types of insurance now so it's like a whole different it's different it's different it's such a weird time to be involved in anything entertainment related because a lot of stuff in a lot of ways it gives you a chance to hey work on that script or work on this project for me it's been very interesting doing the podcast because Hey, a lot of people who are usually really busy aren't nearly as busy as they were. So I've been able to uh, get some fantastic guests. On the flip side, I, I have a play submitted to the Baltimore Playwrights Festival, and I got some really great feedback. Ooh, nice. Congrats. Thank you. Very exciting. It's a project that I have worked on literally for years. Stars aligned where I was able to submit it. And I got this great feedback and I was talked with people who were sort of, who are familiar with the process. And it's like, oh yeah, feedback like this, you're definitely going to get a stage reading. And then it's like, well, we don't know what we're going to do next. Everything shut down. Bad timing. But that's awesome though. That's really, I would love to read that sometime. I love uh, plays like a lot. Yeah, it, it was really fun. It was something I was very proud of. You know, you know, you're, you've been involved with entertainment. There's nothing more frustrating than when you make that creative product. Sometimes at the end, you're like, oh, that's neat. I And you look back on it later and it's like, oh, I see what I was doing there, but I'm not in love with it or I wish I would have known now. But it was like a piece where it's like, hey, this is really cool stuff. And like, I allow myself to be more proud of it than I usually am. So I hope that I'm able to make something happen. Everything's sort of in a like a weird stasis. So yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool. So we'll we'll see. I'll if anything happens with it. I'll be updating the podcast, and if it falls flat, I'll just never mention it again. I'll just hide it as my shame. It's very tough right now. I, I, I'm like, I, for for a hot minute, I was like, I, I didn't know everything was, I don't know. I mean, we still don't really know, right? Like, we don't know enough about it. I know they started going back to, like, Jurassic World, right? They just started filming that again. And in my head, I'm like, how are they filming this? This is like a huge $150 million movie. How are they filming that right now? Do you know what I mean? And, and even little projects, like how are they filming that? Like we we filmed this documentary, like we had PPE material, like we had all sorts of different things like we had to put in the thing, we had to get insurance. Like it is very weird right now. Everything is weird. 2020 is a weird year. I have no idea what anything's going to look like and it's going to have effects for years, because so much of the entertainment that's being that's already been made, they're trying to figure out how to get it out to the public. So you have stuff like Mulan and Greyhound, where, okay, we're just going to find an alternate method to release it. But then you have stuff like Tenet. Oh, man. Yes, yes, yes. Or the, the Fast and Furious movie, 
where we're just going to wait and we're going to release it next year and hopefully everything will be straightened out. But it's going to create such a weird log jam. Like, that's the thing. On the other side of this, there's going to be so many movies that, like, once this goes away somehow with a vaccine or whatever, whatever, whatever it is that starts to make this start to go away a little bit, on the other side of it, there's going to be tons of people are going to be high-fiving at bars and going out with their friends and going to movies and it's going to be so nice you know like i just keep thinking about that like in the end this hopefully will all have been worth it like people dying every day is really upsetting and sad and it's not what your podcast is about but it's where we are right now so it's like i keep trying to think of like what are the positives here and it's hard to think about for sure but i'm like okay the positives are like try to stay as healthy as you can and trying to wear your mask and doing things like that. And it's, it, it's, it's hard. Like it is hard right now for everybody. The, the only positives I can see right now, and I've seen some other people mention it, we've learned, Hey, there's a lot of people, a lot of jobs that can be done remote. There are a lot of restaurants that can do curbside service and stuff like that, where a lot of stodgy companies learn is like, Oh, we can actually save money and we can ensure people's health and People can work from home. People can do this stuff. I hope that some companies, and I've already heard of some doing this, where they realize, oh, this works much better. I have a relative who works for in insurance, and she worked in a small office, and they realize it's like, oh, the five people in this small office that we're paying rent on, they can all work from home. We can save the money on the rent, and nobody's losing their job. And like Google's letting people stay home until next July. People can do things from home, and if it's safe, then have them do it at home. But it's hard. I mean, businesses, like the the restaurant thing we're working on about, like, the mental health in restaurants, like, work on this, this documentary, and we were like, originally, this friend of mine, Peter Farrar, is the director, he was like, I have this idea for a project that's about mental health and chefs. And I was like, I love it. I used to be a chef myself in the restaurant. I was like, I totally get it. Let's do it. This was in, like, February or March, like beginning of February. So at that time, we were like, good, this is great. We got some great interviews. We're working with Elizabeth Faulkner. She's like an iron chef. She's really fantastic. She's an amazing chef, great cook. She's done a lot in the Food Network. We were, I was like, so this is awesome. And then he's like, hey, man, so COVID. And the documentary is now turned into like, we were interviewing chefs outside of their restaurants because the restaurant industry got slammed right when this first happened we had to shift the entire project so now it's like it's kind of about well not it's kind of it's about how chefs are dealing with you're opening we're closing we're opening we're closing oh we have to make sure this oh our staff has got to get cut oh we need more people to cook oh it was like the back and forth of being a chef and the mental health of being in the restaurant industry for a chef is you know so it's like it's all these different things and then on top of that when we were filming in la and san francisco and new york the Black Lives Matter movement shifted after everything that happened with George Floyd and the restaurants started getting looted while we were filming. So we have all this footage of like this woman crying because her restaurant got looted the night before talking about mental health and talking about COVID and how they're going to open. It totally shifted and we had to do it in real time because we had to do it. We had to figure it out. We were going to make the project regardless. So now it's turned into a totally different thing than when we first started that's certainly um my understanding is a risk you run when you do documentary film ranking because it's real lives it's real people and real life can go in a lot of different directions with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Documentaries been on Netflix for a while. Uh, nobody, nobody speak. Trials of the Free Press. I have not seen it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, and it started off basically. The, the film started off by following the lawsuit between Gawker and Hulk Hogan. Oh, I remember that obviously. Right, right. I remember that whole thing. To those familiar, uh, Gawker released a sex tape that Hulk Ho- of Hulk Hogan with his best friend's wife. Bubba the Love Sponge, I believe. Bubba the Love Sponge. First off, yikes. <laughs> yeah, and it was talking about how basically it became sued for like $100 million. Hogan won it. Yep, destroyed Gawker, yep. Was basically the lawsuit was financed by somebody with a lot of money who did not like Gawker. And then halfway through, it really changed into the way the, the press had to deal with the Trump election. And the antagonistic relationship between the Trump presidency and, and the free press. And it was a little bit of a disconnect because you sort of went in expecting one thing and, and it also changed to really a political commentary. But it made sense because if you're talking about press and the 2016 election happened where you had crowds almost turning into mobs against the press, you have to tell that story. You could not tell it, right? Like, how can you tell a story without telling that part of it, right? So it's like, that's kind of the thing we're into. It's like, oh, like we're getting into the this story. And it's like, how can we tell the story without saying there was this whole thing with rioting and and why they're rioting and and talking about COVID and how that's affected their mental health. Like we have to talk about these things because that's what's happening. So we can't just like, hey, it's a documentary about chefs and their mental trying to track chefs and how they're handling their mental health and checking in with them. It can't just be that this is what's affecting their mental health. So it's like, it's hard. It, it, it's hard to do that. And, and to, you know, like we couldn't just focus on the original thing. And, and now all these other things are thrown in. And it just feels like it's like, I feel like I just want to call the documentary like chefs versus 2020. Cause 2020 has been like a really kind of a crappy year, obviously. So it's like, I mean, I'm happy with like some of the footage I've seen from it. And I'm hoping we want to get it out like super fast. So it's still timely and, in the moment. So it's something we're like really actively working on a lot right now. That's got to be exhausting. My, uh, my partner, Peter on this, he's and Elizabeth really, they've been busting their butts. They're in LA and they, they were out there filming at restaurants during this, the middle of this whole thing. And like now he's into editing it. And now we're looking at bringing on editors and it's, it's a lot like, because we do want to get this out and like as soon as we can. So I don't think COVID's going away anytime soon, 
but it's still like we want to get this out because we want to get these stories out there and let these people that watch it like chefs whoever they are like hey you know what there's other people that are going through this too you're not alone which is kind of how i always look at my projects like i want them to get some kind of a message out of it or i want them to watch it and be like if they're having a bad day and like you know what that person's having a bad day too like they're they're having a day and i feel so i'm not alone in in my thought the work that you've done bill murray stories waldo on weed ghost heads and they're all very different from each other there's something so um relatable in all the work you definitely go for the human story it's funny even waldo and weed which has serious subject matter but there was still a real relatability and lightness to it you're not doing werner herzog documentaries not really. I mean, look, the chef stuff's pretty heavy. There's some heavy stuff in it. Like a lot of talk about race, a lot of talk about some political stuff, a lot of talk about Black Lives Matter, a lot of a lot of really important topics. And it's some heavy stuff. Like, you know, the Waldo stuff was pretty heavy too. Like little Waldo and he has cancer. Like that's heavy, tough stuff. So so we're trying to figure out a way for this this COVID doc how to make it so it's not all doom and gloom kind of thing. Like obviously have a message, but we also want it to be inspiring in a way, I guess. So it's trying to make that work. And that's that's what direct the director Peter is doing and he's crushing it right now. Right. The reason I asked you on and we've already talked for a half hour, so I figured it was gonna go this way. I know. We haven't even talked about what you mentioned in our messages. I feel bad now. We're all we're all off topic. No, this is great. I was so good to talk to you because we haven't talked for a while. But that's how we are. I love it. I love that we can get on and just talk like nothing's changed. But everything has changed. Everything has changed. You know, I have people earmarked for certain stuff. So Kyle Crane and uh, his wife, Kathleen, I always have them on for Halloween because they're Halloween fanatics. Jessa and Murrin, uh, every year they're, they, they're very dialed into movies and we talk to them about the Oscars. And you're our Ghostbusters guy. I like being the Ghostbuster guy. No question about that. It's going to be a while until Afterlife comes out. It's like, well, I'm not going to just wait. So we got to have Ray on. It is funny because you and I have worked out the date when we were going to have, when we were going to talk, but then we we're like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. But then the trailer for Ratched came out. Basically the origin story of Nurse Ratched from One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I think a very smart idea. It's an intriguing idea being produced by Ryan Murphy, who is very good at this sort of dark, miniseries, horror drama. And he has Sarah Paulson as Nurse Ratched. She's like his muse, right? He uses her for a lot of his projects and she's fantastic. And very much like, uh, you know, Alfred Hitchcock had what uh, her name is escaping me right now. Tippi Hedren? Yes, yeah. I love that they work together all the time. Murphy has a handful of actresses and actresses that he really likes using. But Sarah Paulson is always at the top of that list. She's often the star or like the one below the star. And she's an excellent actress. It all flows together too. It's like all of his projects flow because she's kind of in them. And I kind of dig that. But yeah, she's a very good actress. Never would have occurred to me in a million years. It's like, you know what we need? A Nurse Ratched origin story. There's been a handful of these on TV. There was the Bates Motel a couple of years back where it was like, you know, young Norman Bates and his mom. There's so many different directions that go with established IPs. Heck, they just announced... A day or two ago, they're doing a new Tron movie with uh, Jared Leto starring. They've not yet had a successful Tron property, but damn it, they're going to keep trying. Part of why studios and companies are bringing back all these kind of nostalgic feeling shows, 
I think Stranger Things is a big part of that. I think the success of Stranger Things shows that all these kids that grew up in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, they want to be brought back to that time. So if you're looking at you know Nurse Ratchet, if you're looking at the Bates Motel, it's all these projects that came up, like they have this nostalgic feel to them. They're trying to capitalize on that, obviously. I mean, look, I think there's more stories to be told and that's that's what they think. I think they think financially about it as well. Like, oh, like it's a built-in franchise essentially, right? So it's like Transformers 12. Like they just keep making these, pumping these Transformers out because they like the eye candy. Like they like the nostalgia feeling. But I think it's like that feeling of like, watching those things in the 80s or watching those things in the night whenever they were and you watch them today it makes you feel it makes you feel like you were b- back then and i think that's something they're trying to to capitalize on yeah you definitely go for a warmth to these and it's funny some of them aren't warm franchises i mean it's funny it's like oh the nostalgia for nurse ratchet the woman who like had jack nicholson lobotomized but but it's still a fascinating character Right. She, I mean, yeah, they're going to do a whole series on her. That's like, that's awesome. That, that's smart. You know, and it looks really good. The trailer looked like really good. Are there IPs, either ones that, that are currently in the works, be a TV show, movie or whatever, that you think they should have left well enough alone or isn't working? You could essentially talk about Ghostbusters 2016. Something that really draws up a lot of <laughs> hate when you bring it up. You know, I know there were some people that didn't like it. I liked it. But, like, that's a really good example of, like, them. And they were experimenting with their IP. They are like, listen, we can't get all the original people to come back. Obviously, Harold Ramis passed away. But now that we look on the other side of that, they are making a new Ghostbusters with the original cast. But besides the point, they at the time, they were like, listen, let's, let's, just, let's just take a shot here. Let's make, this, let's make this movie. Let's make it girl power. Let's do this. And I totally dug it, and I liked it. But it didn't necessarily work out financially for them. Like it, it, it lost some money and it, the reviews were kind of mediocre for it. And it was a bummer. People are always crapping on it about it. It's like, but listen, at least Sony took a shot here and tried something different. They are pumping out a lot of these sequels, like this five, this six, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's an audience for it. So I get why they're trying to do that. But like franchises like that, like I'm, I'm trying to think of franchises that are, similar to like ghostbusters in a way where like the ip they think it what like what's what are the ip still hot let's do it with the ips like okay top you mentioned top gun right when did, when did top gun come out it was in the 80s and it's 2020 it was supposed to come out it, it's like and the whole thing is like they're making the movie and tom cruise is the older guy now and he's trying to train the young recruits and it, it feel like the storyline can almost somewhat it's like it seems like it's the same kind of with these nostalgic movies and I'm not trying to knock anybody. Like I just feel like based on the trailer and other movies, like there's that there's the one, I mean, I'm not knocking star Wars, but the force awakens was very almost a reboot in that way where it was like the IP and they brought back the older people into the mix to help the younger people. And I think ghostbusters is going to be the same thing. We're bringing back the older guys and they're going to help the younger teams. You know what I mean? It seems like that's the formula for these nostalgic movies. And for some, they work. And for some, they don't. And I'm very interested to see how some of these newer ones play out. But what, what do you think? Like, what's a franchise that you're kind of like that on? I have a real problem with the Kong movies. Ooh, that's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. Because they had Kong Skull Island. And then now they're going to have Kong versus Godzilla. Right. <laughs> I don't think King Kong works... If the ape lives at the end of the movie, it 
defeats the whole point of the character. The whole point of the character, the one line that you think of when you think of King Kong is... Oh, no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. King Kong living at the end of the movie is if Titanic made it to the United States shore at the end of the film. I don't need the extended Titanic universe either. And I'm sure somebody has thought, some producer in Hollywood's thought of it. Let's make Titanic, but what if Titanic made it to New York? Like, ooh, and I guarantee you're going to see that movie somehow. Like, it's just, that's, that's funny. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I guess I have to fall in love with strangers. Red in your city like a fan And if our life don't work then we can change Lord knows we'll change Love like Kong's like been kinda all over the place a little bit, right? It's like different casts. They they had the King Kong with Peter Jackson that came out in like two thousand and five, right? You see why they wanna do it? Oh, it'll be so cool to see King Kong fight Godzilla. I get the desire, although I think that movie's going to lose a ton of money. You do? Oh, interesting. No, I know the second Godzilla movie lost money. Okay. I'm not sure how much buzz there is for this matchup. Well, maybe I'm wrong, and it all depends on the first trailer. Right, right. right. They haven't released a trailer yet, right, for Godzilla vs. King Kong? I just don't see it. I don't see it as a property that really works. I'm always curious when they bring back properties that have so many checks in the lost column like i said they're making a third tron movie the first tron was not successful but it built a cult following the second tron was not successful so they're going to do a third one it's like why do we keep throwing money at this property i think maybe it would work taking it to a different service like okay maybe it's not a good movie maybe there's something else that's wrong it's right it's not just it's not it's that it's just not a good movie there was a lot of talk a while ago about you had Transformers and they were going to basically make a Hasbro universe and they were going to have Mask and G.I. Joe. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Barbie, right? And they were going to like tie all these characters together. I was like, okay, slow down. G.I. Joe, uh, there's a lot of fondness for that property. And I liked Mask when I was a kid, but no one was clamoring for Mask or Micronauts or Gem and the Hologram is like just because you had one cartoon that became a money making movie series, you don't need to find every half baked idea that was written on a toilet paper and make that a movie as well. It's like uh, they have Potato Head in Toy Story, but they're like, hey, let's make a Potato Head shared universe. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> you got to tread softly. Because I think at one time I heard Paul Feig was trying to, Paul Feig, who directed Bridesmaids and, and Ghostbusters, he was trying to make a movie about Play-Doh. I just don't see it. Like, I'm sure there's a great pitch for it. And like, there's sometimes a movie when you're like, I don't see how that works. And then, oh, wow, I can't believe, like Lego. People are like, how are they going to make a Lego movie? And it was really good. So it's like, I could see it working like that. But 
in my head, I'm like, how are they going to do something like that? So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting when they have these IPs and they think they can be really good. And sometimes they work and sometimes they, they, uh, here's a good example. Um, do you know what Playmobil, the Playmobil toy line? Right. They had a Playmobil movie. I think Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Freaking Harry Potter. They had like a really good cast and the movie was not great. And my kids, they're like, what is this? <laughs> it felt bad, but like there's sometimes like it just, it, it just doesn't connect. You mentioned Aquaman a little bit ago, and they had the mindless creatures in Aquaman. Oh, they're making a horror movie. Uh, they are still working on that, though. That's some, I don't know now, COVID, but yeah. You're talking about James Wan doing a horror movie based on those things in the in the ocean, right? The scary things? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's What? What? There are plenty of properties that DC has before you need to get to the mindless, goofy, ugly creature CGI creatures that nobody really remembers from that movie. Really, the only thing people remember from Aquaman is Jason Momoa looks really good with his shirt off. There's something else about that, too. Like it was, I read it was like, we think this person could be the superhero because they look with their shirt off. It's like, that's not what it's about. Like You want an actor or an actress who can sell the part. Like They don't need to look good with their shirt off. Like, and they've gotten a lot better with that. But uh, it's, it's really frustrating when you hear them in DC, or Warner Brothers via DC, is so desperate to get any win they get because... Justice League did poorly, and Superman versus Batman didn't make as much money as they wanted, and none of these got the critical, like, to turn anything they can into a success and latch onto it and suck everything they have out without really examining what works and what doesn't work. What's interesting, too, is, like, there could be a new wave of this stuff, like, look at the Zack Snyder cut movement and look how it paid off. Now Zack Snyder's making his version of Justice League that Joss Whedon kind of screwed up a little bit. And now Zack Snyder's coming back on board and he's going to release it exclusively to HBO's Max. And I think all these streaming services with their new HBO Max, Peacock Network, Hulu, it's all over the place. They're going to be trying to develop their own IP, obviously. So it's like that's another avenue for like them to build more <laughs> sequels and TV shows based on this. You know what I mean? Like in that universe, like HBO Max owns harry potter or you know uh, harry potter so now like are they gonna make tv shows on harry potter are they gonna do this on harry potter like they can essentially do what they want on their own on their own streaming service and i think that's gonna add a whole other layer to this too well the business model is so weird now growing up hbo would have action fridays and they would basically have crappy direct-to-dvd what would be a direct-to-video movie but it was action heavy. They would show it on Fridays. And, and one had uh, the guy from La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips, Lou Diamond Phillips. One of them had Lou Diamond Phillips in the star. Now Lou Diamond Phillips was, and he was well past his expiration as a leading man. He was a guy who could be a supporting player in a TV show or movie, but that was the sort of movies that HBO would run on their action Fridays. And that was a sort of crappy action movie that would be a direct to video film. It's direct to your house, right to your house. Yeah. Yeah. Right to your house. And I'm thinking of, Extraction on Netflix, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, who's pretty much an A-list actor, doing a big-budget action movie. Did did you have a chance to watch it? That's the one that the Russo brothers produced, right? Right, right. I have not. I have not. I mean, I heard it was good. I don't know. I didn't. Did you? Did you enjoy it? I liked it. I mean, it's very violent and it was well done. The plot's pretty thin, but. I could have easily seen this as something that you could have paid, you know, money to see in a movie theater. 
so it wasn't like I watched it and I was crappy and I looked at it and I was like, oh, I get why this went direct to Netflix. This is terrible. No, this was a good movie. It delivered on exactly what it was trying to do. It didn't look cheap. And it made a ton of money for Netflix. Apparently, it had the, the most viewed Netflix movie of all time, uh, Netflix original movie. And they're talking about doing a sequel. They're just bypassing that. And the same thing happened with Six Underground. Is that the one with the Russo brothers did that one too, didn't they? Uh, no, uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay directed it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Ryan Reynolds starred, you know, Deadpool. And Michael Bay, these are these are theater guys, you know, movie theater guys, but they got enough money thrown at them. And it's very obviously they set up for sequels. It's such a weird point where you and I, we've seen some directive DVD or directive video movies. It's like, oh, it's... Steven Seagal and with an extra 50 pounds, barely moving because he can't kick as well as he used to. And they're crappy movies, but you sort of watch them for nostalgia or there's nothing else on TV. That's a really good point. I asked you what IP you don't want to see. Is there one that you're looking forward to? Is like one that you want to see somebody take a twist on and make interesting again? Look, obviously, I'm interested to see what Ghostbusters does. Uh, you know, it's like my wheelhouse. That's my thing. I'm very interested to see if that opens up to make it more movies after that to see how it does. I'm interested. I am interested to see where they go with the Star Wars franchise. I think they had their three trilogies, right? Now Disney Plus is doing The Mandalorian, which is an amazing show. Got nominated for like 15 Emmy Awards. So it's like I'm interested to see what Disney can put together with like the TV shows now. Like they're doing the the show with the guy that was in the what was the star wars movie uh rogue one rogue one the guy who played the main guy there like they just casted his show uh they're talking about elon mcgregor doing his obi-wan show so i feel like i would I mean, i'm a big star wars buff too like i really like to see how that plays out like i think that's that's one of the biggest things in the franchise in the world right star wars so i'd be very interested to see how they do those things like as we saw the mandalorian so i want to see if they can trans like if they can lift that up and transfer it to other projects deep down in my heart i feel like there's more that can be told about harry potter i know we got eight movies but i feel like if they maybe you know they have the broadway show that that's really popular like they could turn that into a movie and i just feel like that's such a big cash flow with warner brothers like i feel like we haven't seen the last of harry potter i know they had the new movies there with uh Fantastic Beasts, but I'd be interested to see if they dip back into the actual, like the full-on Harry Potter universe, because I, I just think there's more there. I'm very interested to see where they go with superhero movies. I mean, those are like the franchise kings, right? Like they, those are the ones where they just they're making Captain America one, two, Captain America vs. Iron Man, Captain America. Like, so I feel like I want to know where they're going to go now. Like, where do you go after Infinity War? Like, where, where do you go after that? Where, you go back to the movies and you have another big movie like that? Like, I feel like I'd be very, I'm very interested to see what they can do with those movies. And superhero movies and Marvel in specific, we're at an end point with a lot of these movies. So X-Men is wrapped up and now we're going to see them slowly reintroduced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, new versions of these characters. I mean, as we're talking, there's rumors that Shia LaBeouf is gonna could be is in talks to be Iceman in Marvel. I literally just read that like before we got on. I'm like, I'm gonna brush up on my my I'm gonna brush up on everything real quick. I like load up Twitter and I was like, Shia LaBeouf, what? But you never know. It's like casting like that that makes something interesting. People would come out to see him as Iceman, even though 
I, I mean, now that Mar- now that Disney owns got the rights for all the like Fantastic Four and all those movies, right? And X Men, Disney owns those now. I'm very curious to see if there's a way they're going to include those. Like that's I think where Disney goes with those. Like let's focus on these new characters. But Shia LaBeouf is Iceman. That was a. I was like, I mean, maybe it's the same as Heath Ledger is the Joker, and people are like, what? And then he shows up, and you're like, oh wow, that was like really amazing. Before the fourth Indiana Jones movie, before Crystal Skull, and before all of his weird like performance art stuff, he's a good actor. I mean, Shia LaBeouf is a very good actor. He he was in that Peter Potter, Peanut Butter Falcon movie that just came out last year. That was amazing. He he is a very 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 good actor. He's eccentric, sure. He does things that are kind of like, what the hell's happening? Sure. But at the end of the day, he shows up and he, he acts and he gives his whole self to it. You can't knock that. As long as he's not hurting people and hurting himself and he's being that whole thing in itself could be a whole podcast about how actors and actresses are offset. The thing I've always said, whenever there's a case of an actor who's has a reputation for being difficult, uh, Shia LaBeouf, Russell Crowe. Christian Bale had his moments. I've you know I've heard Christian Bale has his moments. The tape of him yelling on Terminator. They all go through it. I get it. I, I always say it's like, listen, I get it. And he, when it's in your face, it makes you uncomfortable. And there's certain things that are completely verboten. So if you find out with Kevin Spacey stuff, I don't know if seen the Kevin Spacey movie again. I mean, he's tainted everything he's been in, I feel like now. Like it's a really, it's upsetting. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Usual Suspects is a special movie for me. I tried to tell my wife about it the other day. I'm like, we got to watch this movie. And then I was like, but I don't know. I'm, I'm very weird about it now. Like, I don't want to support anything the guy's done because what he did was not right. It was terrible. So it's like, how do you support that? Especially Usual Suspects because you have Kevin Spacey and then it's directed by Brian Singer. Who's also very controversial, right? It's like, I guess it's the same thing. It's like, my wife and I are having this conversation like, Michael Jackson, for example, like, how do you like listen to his music now and not be like, I feel weird listening to his music. We were like, how do we tell our kids who are like listening to black and white and, uh, how they're listening to, you know, the bad album? Like, how do we explain Like, we don't have to explain to them right now because they're young, but it's like when that conversation comes up, what does that look like? How do you explain to them? And I read an article, it was like trying to explain how to talk to your kids about, Stuff like that, if there's like a, a Michael Jackson type situation, and it's it is very difficult to <laughs> to navigate. Right before we started recording, uh, it's Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> and my son was watching Mike Tyson versus a Great White, and it basically showed Mike Tyson. The whole thing is Mike Tyson goes on uh, an expedition and jumps into a cage, and there's and the entire time my son's like, "Oh, so who's Mike Tyson?" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I think he's like he's a convicted rapist." I mean, he is a convict, and he was in he was in that movie, The Hangover. He like he has a career after that. It's like, 
it's just amazing. I'm like, I, how, how, uh, but so there's certain things that are a bit too far, but being a jerk isn't, isn't it enough for me. Listen, I don't know if my dentist is a jerk or not. He's very nice when he's drilling into my teeth, which is saying something. The person who works the counter at my local CVS, my pharmacist, whoever, I don't know if they're actually like nice people who I would want to hang out with. As long as I don't find out that they're doing certain things, I don't care. And I feel like we should be the same way with actors. And I understand that acting is a different career because part of it is your likability. I mean, we all like Tom Hanks. He's the best. That ends up working in their favor. But I try to say is like, well, listen, if Russell Crowe's a jerk, Russell Crowe's a jerk. As far I've never heard of him being bad with like being bad with underage kids or anything like that. It's just he seems like a cranky, irritable guy. So I can live with that. Uh, it's such a tough thing to navigate. It really is. It's like I don't even know how to talk about it and not. You know what I mean? It's like it's hard. It's so hard. You know, he's got to he's got to keep being nice to people. That's all. Like. So I'm I'm nice. I want people to treat me the way I treat them. Like if I'm somewhere, I'm just, hi, how are you? Like, I'm just nice because I don't want people to be mean to me or to anybody else. Like, I just wish we could all be a little nicer, especially in this day and age. And that's it. Like, I just try to be as nice as I can. And it's hard to, like, that's what I'm trying to focus on. Like raise my kids to be as nice as you can, respect people. And, and that's, you can't tell people how to act like just try to raise them as best as you can and yeah i I do my best because my kids they're all very sweet kids and my younger son's a little cranky but it's part of his charm (laughs) that's so funny yeah we have the same thing our kids are really sweet and uh, our youngest one is kind of like uh a little sour (laughs) yeah he's a little irritable old man but it's you know it's it's sort of cute on him that's how calvin is he's like super uber cute He's got a little bit of like an edge to him. I kind of like it. I wish I could keep him like this forever. Ray, so plug your pluggables. Where can we find all the work that you did with previous studio and what you're keep up with what you're up to? Well, I think Bill Murray stories is still on Netflix. Waldo on weed is actually it's free on Amazon prime right now. If you're an Amazon prime subscriber, you can watch Waldo on Weed for free. I we're working on getting it over to United Kingdom right now into England. We've had some people message us saying, "Oh, you know, this we're very interested in the subject matter." So we're trying to Tommy Avalone, the director, is working on trying to get it out over there. Social media's Oaks Media Group. We're, we're again, we're we're just starting out, so there's not a lot of posts right now. But hopefully, we'll be posting some fun stuff that we're working on the next few months we got some pretty exciting eccentric projects that we're working on we recommend everyone check it out ray it's it's always amazing to have you on thank you so much for taking the time and uh we're, we're ghostbusters will come out and we're gonna have you back at that time to talk about it it's gonna come out and when it does i will be i'll be chomping at the bit to get on here and talk about it so yeah i'm uh, i'm excited and that'll be marked right now i i'm holding out hope that that they'll they'll release it a little earlier. You know, I thought Halloween would be perfect for Ghostbusters to come out. Halloween, people are going to be in. I don't know who knows how Halloween's going to go. It'd be great to just sit at your house and watch Ghostbusters like at Halloween, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, just make a day out of it. They really want to make as much money as they can. Understandably so. I'm willing to wait. I mean, I know it's more important. COVID and everything happening is more important than a movie, so I get it. But you know, of course, as a fan, you're just like, ah, oh, I want to see it. It's good to have those things that we're excited about. Exactly. Something to look forward to, you know? 
Episode 208. Big thanks to Ray Esposito. He's a personal favorite of mine, and I could talk to him all day. Great guy who does great work. Also, big thanks to Katie May. She is so damn cool. Another also, friend of the show, Tim Fling, who is a great guy, launched a Kickstarter campaign for his 52-page prestige format graphic novel, The Hunchback of Theological Quadrant 19. I've seen the concept art and it looks amazing. Tim is a good guy and he's a heck of a writer. I'm going to share the link for the Kickstarter on our Facebook page. I highly recommend you check it out. Next time on the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, old friend Tim Burdick returns to talk about the past, present, and future of the James Bond film franchise. Until then... In the words of Jar Pardon. See you in the funny pages. Subscribe to the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever quality podcasts can be found. Rate and review us while there. Follow us on Twitter at Cosmic G-Pod and we will follow you back. Unless you're a jerk. We don't follow jerks. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cosmic Geppetto. We love hearing your ideas for upcoming episodes. Email us at Cosmic Geppetto at Comcast.net. Your mother's just here to see Chris Hemsworth without a shirt on. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.